What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN. I'm Jude, that's Ethan, and today we're coming with a very special video for you guys, recapping the 2023 NBA draft for the Spurs, which obviously, Ethan, starts at the top with Victor Wembanyama. But before we get into the players and talking about him and CD and how they've played together, we got the French duo. They talked about that a little bit at the press conference and the Meet the Rookies ceremony on the Riverwalk. The Coyote was on a jet ski. Um, I mentioned that in the last video I made, the Trey Jones video I made recently. So y'all go check that out. But Ethan, just give me your overall thoughts on draft night before we jump into the individual stuff. We up. We are up, Jude. <laughs> I mean, not only did we get the number one pick, and we can talk for hours about, you know, Wemby right. and what he means for the future, being the cornerstone, the franchise, as some people have been calling him. Uh, but oh, City, you like that? Yeah. I thought you might. And then, and then City, of course, at 44 overall, uh, 44th pick, you know, excellent value pick, high upside, young, has the French connection. We can get into more details about him later. Um, but I think he was a really, really solid selection. Uh, I think he could have a you know a decent impact not only this year but long term as well. Um, and then of course we traded the thirty third pick for yep. a future second round pick, I believe, two. right? Two future second round picks. So we continue to stockpile. Um, so the Spurs did kind of exactly what we thought they would do, Jude. But you know we won't really get into what that. you've been you've been harping on that the whole time. You know. There's been a lot of craziness going around, and, and it makes sense because with Wembenyama, naturally, everybody's going to get really excited. But mm-hmm. really, I think the lesson that we can learn from this draft, Ethan, is that the Spurs are going to Spurs, even when they get the number one pick. Yeah. <laughs> or also, lesson B, just just listen to SSPN, baby. We will tell you. We won't lead you astray. <laughs> we are the informed, logical news source for all Spurs basketball information. That's the goal, especially, you know, in this new era with Wembenyama. And, and, and yep. speaking of that, Ethan, um, w- when you touched on just talking about the overall um, takeaways from the draft, right? One of the things that Brian Wright said after afterwards is he said he felt like C.D. Sissoko was somebody that they would have taken at 33 in the pick that they traded away to Minnesota, which ended up being his teammate and Leonard Miller. Um so the fact that they got him at 44, that was the mm-hmm. continued quote from Brian. He said, we were pretty happy about that. So mm-hmm. like I said, we talked about the French connection, but on top of that, when when you're getting that value at the 44th pick and it's coming straight from Brian Wright, where he said yeah. he would have picked him 11 picks earlier, you got to feel good about that. On top of getting you know, the most generational prospect that we've seen since LeBron James, according to everybody in basketball it feels like Ethan so let's jump into it Victor Wembanyama on the Spurs um what are your thoughts on his fit obviously the team is going to now be molded around him we've had conversations about him playing the four and that's something that you and me uh would like to happen but you know we'll we'll have to see how things play out we'll have to see how summer league plays out and you know it just got announced that he's not going to be playing in the FIBA World Cup this summer um He's going to save, you know, those legs, if you will, for summer league and preparing for the Spurs. And also him taking that time off will allow for him to play in the Olympics next summer, which is really the main thing that he cares about. France will probably still qualify for that. Well, that'll be the that'll be the Olympics, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the, the, the FIBA Cup doesn't even matter for the Olympics. So anyways, I think there are some Olympic qualifiers, but France will definitely get in, um, yeah, even if they didn't have him. That's what I was thinking. They might have to get in, but they'll they'll have him regardless. Anyways, Ethan, Victor Wembanyama on the Spurs. The floor is yours. 
Well, his talent speaks for itself, and we we have exhausted. I feel like every <laughs> every video right. we talk about, you know, his game, his being so versatile, so incredibly unique at seven foot three to be able to handle the ball the way he does, shoot the ball the way he does, defend the rim. You know, what kind of impact will he have as far as you know his on the court play? I think it'll be, you know, probably a little slow or not slow, but underwhelming in terms of what the expectations are. But I still Absolutely. think he's going to get like seventeen and ten. I don't think that that's at all. Yeah. You know, out of the question it might even be higher we'll have to see because yeah. you really don't know with these foreign prospects how they're going to come in it could be an andre bargnani situation or it could be a luka Doncic situation right like right. it's really you know a flip of the coin um but the thing that i've taken away the most jude in these couple days after the draft is just off the court his personality his incredible wisdom at such a yeah. young age um his demeanor seems, his demeanor he's so he seems on one side so incredibly grateful and emotional and happy to be in San Antonio and to be finally in the NBA and all those great things that go along with that. But at the same time, you know, you kind of get the idea that this guy, he's got a different kind of confidence level about him. Yeah. The way he's speaking about his own game, his teammates, what he expects from himself, the kind of, you know, he wants to be able to play as many games as possible his rookie year. He wants to win a ring as soon as possible. He loves the winning culture. He talked to the, you know, Tim, to, uh, tim manu david and sean like yep. there's all these little things and then if you go to his likes on twitter he liked a thing where rockets fans were teasing spurs fans about how the rockets are going to dominate the spurs yeah. and Wemby and you know all this stuff he liked that video so it's all these little things like okay this guy might have a bit of a competitive screw oh he does he and does. i'm extremely excited to see how that not only relates to the game, like actual game time, but then training camp and practices as well. How that correlates with his relationship with Sohan, who he already seems to have a good relationship with. Yeah. Jeremy and Kelda were both at his press conference. Yeah. You know, all these little small things um, that I think are going to pay dividends in the end. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to pick a point of what you covered there. Yeah, sorry, because, I went, I went because that was a lot. No, don't don't feel bad at all. That was all great stuff. Um, I I you know that kind of jumps into when it comes to the the welcome ceremony and the press conference and obviously you know we mentioned this even on the live stream I believe when we were doing mm -hmm. it um on JJ Reddick's podcast you could you could tell that his just the way that he speaks the way that he describes things um the way that he describes his thinking patterns even i mean it was just like that's why he joked on the on the episode he's like this dude has reached enlightenment <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's on top of you know all this other hype train that that's been behind him um and that was the thing that i took away most from from the welcome ceremony in the press conference there's not too much that you can take away from that other mm -hmm. than if they just say something you know flat out you know in the press yep. conference that's surprising um but the thing that stood out to me was just once again when you really got to see him you know like in the Spurs press conference, in an NBA press conference, you know, and now we know he's on the team. It's not just all the speculation, you know, tanking for him and all that stuff. It really just kind of sunk in a little bit like, okay, how, how different this dude is. And, you know, I think that it'll continue to sink in more as we see how he handles losses, how he handles mm -hmm. adversity, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, there, there's really not much else to say with, with the other stuff that you covered other than the fact that, you know, he's a he's the most generational prospect that we've seen in a long time. It seems like for his mold and his build, he's a perfect fit for the modern NBA and also a perfect fit for the Spurs organization as well. I was curious, Drew, did you see the Dan Patrick interview yesterday with Sean Elliott? I did not. 
what he, he interviewed Sean and he asked Sean how that dinner went and what did Wimby actually like ask them. And Sean spoke extremely highly of his personality. Like we're saying how incredibly um, uh, well-spoken, well-spoken all that stuff. And, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. But he said the biggest question that stood out to him was he was asking these guys on road trips for away games. How do you, how do you not stay tired? How do you keep your body and your mind rested? And, and Sean was like, that's weird because most young guys are like, Where, what kind of clubs are you going to in LA? Like, yeah. you know, what are the cool restaurants, the spots I got to go hit? And he was like, no, how do I make sure I don't overly exhaust myself? And he's talking about literally like getting sleep, napping, stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that's, I, I would never have thought to ask that question if I was in his shoes. I'm so glad you brought up that point, Ethan, because he had an interesting comment in his press conference. He said, oh. I know I'm going to retire before I'm 40. Which makes sense. He, yeah. he it, it makes sense with with all of the preparation that he puts into his body and just with the reality of his frame. That doesn't mean he can't be incredible for fifteen years. You know yeah. that doesn't. It, and and we'll have to see how it all plays out. That's the other thing. Obviously, the hype is all there. That it, it seems like when it comes to the hype, that's why the only comparison is LeBron James because when it comes to the hype, it seems like he's the most sure thing to have this type of hype, even more than Zion, just yeah. because there's, there's less weight one. Um, but then on top of that, it's also just all of the French league records playing multiple years of pro basketball. Um, you know, the, the list goes on and on. And, and then on top of that, this, this French league playoff run, you know, his, his final season where he loses to the, you know, Monaco, who's the powerhouse of the league. And, and they weren't even really expected to, to be in the finals. So there's so many, you know, the list, all the records that he broke this season as well. The jump, uh, the difference that you can see from him in the year prior when he was playing for Tony Parker's team to this year physically. He mentioned that in the press conference when Jeremy Sohan was there asking him questions before he was even drafted. You know, and he said, you can really see the difference in me physically when he was asking, how do you think your game has grown since we played in 2018? And um, yeah, man, I, I could go on and on. Um, I lost a little bit of my train of no, thought you're there. fine. You're fine. Yeah, you, I mean, you pretty much covered it. I don't really have anything else to add on Wemby. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, Ethan, because I, I made some notes for the show and, you know, I've got this whole list of bullet points for CD Sissoko who we're about to get into. Uh, and then for Wembenyama, I just wrote down Wemby is Wemby because he's unlike any other prospect we've seen. His mm -hmm. skill set is unlike any other player we've seen um, because of just his uniqueness overall. And, you know, it, it kind of fits that it's almost like his personality with him being unlike the other younger players, the point that you were bringing up, it, it, that kind of matches his play style as well. And, you know, he even said in, I'm remembering some stuff now, Ethan, in the G League Ignite press conference, he said, you know, they asked him, who do you compare your game to? And he said, well, you know, I want to be myself. I want to be Victor or I want to be Wemby. Victor, he might have said Wemby or he might have said his full name. It doesn't really matter. But then he went on to say like Giannis and KD were some of the other guys that he was taking after right now that he liked, but he was, he put an emphasis on him wanting to be himself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you brought up KD there. Another thing that Dan Patrick was talking about with Sean is like the whole, how everyone's talking about how women needs to put on weight and muscle and all this stuff. Yeah. And then Dan Patrick was like, how much weight has Kevin Durant really put on since he got into the league? And he's like, he's been in the league since 2007. Right. He, he might've put on 20 pounds of muscle. And he goes, really, all it was is muscle tone. Like, he's still extremely skinny. He's just muscular. Rapper. He's had his injuries. He's had his yeah. major injuries, you know. He has, and he's still dominant. 
right. <laughs> as far as offensively. I think Webby right. has a higher upside defensively. Um, He'll be he, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, no doubt. He, he was just saying skill set and and being a unique player like Wemby will trump putting on all this muscle. Because like, who's going to bully him really? Like anymore, you don't get bullied. Yeah, yeah, and he even said that in the Good Morning America interview where he said, you know, actually, you know, I'd say guys need to skinny up. Yep. And you know, when we mentioned that, when I read that the first time, I wasn't sure if that was real, and then I saw it. But when I saw it in full context, it it made a li- little bit more sense. He was just saying people like him, you mm-hmm. know, if you put on all this weight, one, it can put a lot of stress on your joints, but also in the modern era of basketball, you want to be able to be more quick and agile and mobile and versatile so that you can switch a- on a lot of these cuts. And you know, it's funny. I watched a little bit of his highlights as well as CDs before we got on here. And, you know, obviously this is stuff I've seen before, but just another little thing that I was reminded of watching him was his lateral quickness as someone at his size. I mean, that's just not something that we've really seen before. And I know you can say that with a lot of stuff about Wembenyama, but that aspect of it, I was like, that's where I was just like, man, this build is just like, it's, you know, it's like he was born into this, era at the right time it, mm-hmm. it you know it's it's why nike's marketing him as a supernova but i digress ethan let's talk about the other frenchman that the spurs took and got at number 44 that like i said brian wright felt like they would have taken at 33 this is actually a name that i've thrown around a lot you know when we've been talking about the draft so i'm happy that who is somebody i was a little bit familiar with and somebody I, I would like to get as well going into the draft in the second round and honestly to get him at 44 uh it feels like a steal to me ethan after going over his highlight tape but i think really it, it's more of a test it's less of a steal and more of a testament to the depth of this draft but tell me your thoughts on cd sissoko and then i'll give you mine as a player Sure. I mean, obviously you're way higher on him, so you're going to have a lot more detail, <laughs> uh, but just kind of big picture thoughts on City. Uh, obviously a steal at 44, you're 100% correct. I felt like he was a lot better than probably a good majority of the other second round picks that were picked prior to him. Uh, just personally, I feel like he's got a perfect build for the modern NBA to play the four or the three. Um, he kind of reminds me of a slightly shorter and obviously a lot less polished when he came into the NBA, but Scotty Barnes. Kind of a really solid muscular Interesting. build, solid like defender. He obviously had a problem with fouling out in the G League Ignite. I think he fouled out of most of his games, so that's obviously <laughs> going to be a, something he has to work on. Um, but I still like the aggressiveness. He's a bulldog, and he's already got a grown man's body at at 19 yeah. years old. So the, you know this is his floor. I don't. He's he's only going to get better from here. And shooting, yeah. I'm not worried about that at all. That's something the Spurs are have been able to fix from day one. So uh-huh. get him in the gym, get him with the coaching staff. He's going to be a three and D guy a lot sooner than I think a lot of us are expecting him to be. And I, I still think he has more to his game than just that. Uh, but I think that'll be the first thing to kind of come through uh, once he actually gets with the Spurs staff. And and for me, long-term, I think he's yeah. a, a really solid backup for, um, and he could be more, but for me at this point, that's where his ceiling is. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to give a little bit of context for that, and, and he does have the size to do that. That's why mm-hmm. even in the welcome ceremony, you saw Sean talking, kind of comparing him to Boris a little bit. A little and bit. that was the first time it popped into my mind. I was like, man, with the with the size that like I'm seeing from him right now, because he looked mm-hmm. much bigger than expected as well, just seeing him in person. And and that comment, I was like, 
Hmm. And then also there was somebody in the press conference talked about him playing one through four. But the interesting thing is he hasn't played the four really in his career. He's played the three and the two mainly, but that's because of his playmaking, Ethan, Mm -hmm. which once again ties into the Boris comparison. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I mean, I can talk a little bit about his offensive highlights as well, because I think when people go turn on the tape just from his full season, if they watch, you know, all of those highlights, the the no ceilings finals where they do offense, playmaking and defense, you're going to see a bunch of dunks. You're going to see a bunch of, you know, pump fakes off the dribble, driving. I mean, a lot of highlight stuff, Ethan. While it was only 12 points per game, like, he, they were allowed 12 points, if you will, at least just from the tape that I've seen there. Um, but on top of that, like I said, also his playmaking. That was kind of why he played more of the two, despite, ha- you know, be- having the size that he does. And also, you know, they had Leonard Miller on that team. They had Eric Mika. So they had guys that were more for that role, which is why it's exciting, you know, that he has that size to potentially have that versatility. Um, but really kind of when I just think of him on the roster, Ethan, I think as of right now, he, he just slides into that backup two spot. Maybe he ends up playing the four um, if they move Champagny to the two. Um, but, you know, also that's the other thing with with the CD Sissoko pick. I'm kind of getting a little bit off topic of when it comes to just his skill set. But, you know, I, I think he's somebody who could be around for a little bit, as you alluded to. I think he's got a really high upside. Um, he's similar to Jeremy Sohan in the sense that he can do, like, he has potential everywhere. Um, And he's a better shooter than Jeremy coming in. Now, that's not me saying that he's going to be as good as Jeremy. I'm just saying that he's got a lot of playmaking skills. He's a solid defender who can switch. I was watching his highlights before we got on. There was, I mean, he can take people off the dribble, like I said, because he can can playmake. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Tons of, you know, like, not behind the well he does have some behind the back passes but it's uh, there's so many where he's like driving to the rim and it's just like boris where he like puts his arm around a defender and dumps it wrap to a around. drive yes wrap around perfect that's what i was looking for right and dumps it to a defender like coming in you know on a cut but that's the other thing about cd is uh, dude like they run a bunch of motion where it's like somebody setting a screen for him on a cut and there were so many of those plays. Oh, he he likes CD. See, he knows. He's seen. He's telling you, Ethan. He's seen these off-ball cuts from CD Sissoko. And that's the thing that excites me about his game is that there's playmaking. He's able to catch and shoot, but he's also able to move. He they ran a lot of motion on that offense with Scoot Henderson, and um, it, he was somebody who on those cuts that. Uh, scoot would dish it to a lot of the times um and he can finish in contact because of his frame i know it sounds like i'm talking about so much stuff is good there's obviously still like some work that he has to do but a kid who has played three straight professional seasons and is 19 coming into the league at 44 in the draft is something you got to feel good about he's played you know he knows how to play off top tier talent playing with scoot henderson similar to sandro mamu kelishvili he's got those two years in spain 
you know, which gets you the European side of the game on top of playing with Wimbenyama for the French national team as well. So there's chemistry of them just competing against each other growing up on top of the chemistry from them being on the same team. Um, and I'm losing my train of thought again, Ethan. <laughs> He's got chemistry with other guys. He came in with experience. He think he yes, yes. Getting back, that was the main thing. The pro, the the pro aspect of it. So mm-hmm. they, I was talking about Mamu. He's got the European game with you know, the French team and as well playing in Spain. And then on top of that, he's got the American game meshed together whenever it comes to the G League Ignite experience this past season, which is just once again, like I said, with Mamu, that that's kind of the Spurs game. It really is the mesh of the American game and the European game. And that's yeah. something that CD even mentioned in his press conference. He was like, the the Spurs are the team in the NBA that are the most like Europe, right? And so this is just, I mean, not only is there the French connection, but it's just like it was just the perfect Spurs draft. And it was also the most it was like the Spurs almost got back to their roots. Like, yeah. you know, obviously you need guys like Keldon and Devin and, you know, the chances that we took on, you know, you could say I'm about to say Quindary and Wieskamp. That's not necessarily what I mean. Probably Derek and DeJounte would be better examples. Obviously, I had to move on from those guys. But like, you know, you want to try to get those, you know, dogs that, you know, come up in the EYBL circuit, like a Devin Vassell and a, and a Keldon Johnson who played at Oak Hill, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, blue blood programs in Florida State and, and Kentucky. But when you can mesh, you know, those type of guys with, you know, like a, that's basically what the Spurs did for their five championships with, with Manu, Tony and, and Tim. It mm-hmm. was, you know, a bunch of other role players, but a lot of dogs, Avery Johnson, Robert Ory, uh, Dennis Rod, well, Rodman was earlier, but still that was kind of, well, I don't know if that was really before they got into the, yeah, that was way before that was way before they, that's a bad example, but, um, Steven Jackson, Bruce Bowen, right. Um, well, Steven Jackson, (laughs) Speedy Claxton, Malik Rose. Yes, exactly. I said Bruce Bowen. I call him a dog. And and the only thing that I can just see is just his his foot going into that dude's face. (laughs) And I'm just like, was he he was a dog, but that that was over that was over the top. Anyways, um this, you know, you have to you had to get all those, you know, type of guys, right? Mm -hmm. But um you can just see the parallels with this. It was cool to see just like the perfect foreign connection. Um, for both players but then the other thing I have to say about CD before I give it back to you Ethan is at the press conference like I said my my man played two years in Spain at the press conference you know he's speaking his English it's not obviously he's lived here for a year you know you can tell he's still working on it a little bit but you know still overall solid right not the worst English I've ever heard um but dude, when he went to Spanish, that thing, it started coming out, man. Yeah. And the crowd started going crazy. <laughs> and I was like, CD's going to be just fine in San Antonio. Oh, yeah. He ain't going to have no problems, man. He can speak fluent Spanish. <laughs> there, He's just, he's just going to be loved. But, A crowd favorite for sure. Yep, yep. And another thing that Wimbenyama said about him also, because, you know, they had to ask about that because they've been teammates, um, is he said he's ultra competitive. And he 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 told a story like that he remembered when they played each other when they were like, you know, eight or nine. CD even talked about it in his press conference. So it's just a it they've known each other for a really long time. So it, it that chemistry, you know, won't be hard. And that's not something the Spurs struggle with anyway. 
No, no, not at all. And that explains why he fouls out so much if he is extremely competitive. Because when you're extremely competitive, what do you do? You over. And you know, also that could have been an adjustment to the U.S. rules for sure. As well, it's just a different physicality. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to see what he's able to do in the summer league because obviously he will play. I'm pretty sure Wemby will play at least the first couple games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if these rumors are true, but I've heard that when uh, Sohan, Wesley, and Malachi will also be playing. I've been to seeing give that them as well. Some continuity. So that would really be your starting lineup. Blake, yeah. Malachi, City, City, Jeremy, and then when we get the five, I guess. Yep. Uh, so that's a solid, that's a solid lineup. I'm looking forward to seeing that. July 7th is their first game, right? It, it will definitely be. All eyes will be on the Spurs mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time, Ethan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Finally, we've been waiting right. too long. But um, just another thing about, about CD before we end off, just talking about where he fits onto this team, not necessarily positionally. I know we talked about how it, it, there's probably no point to do that anyway because he can play one through four, basically. Um, but... Dang it, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought again, Ethan. I was just about to ask you a question. That's all right. You, you're talking about oh, duh. Well, just how he fits on the roster. Where do you, the, thank you, uh, you reminded me. Where, where do you think, what do you think his season is going to be like? Like, for example, basically, I think he'll probably end up in Austin for most of the season. Maybe he'll have some call-up games. Um, I'm interested to see what his contract is going to be. I haven't seen the news on that. Maybe we're just uninformed. If somebody knows, uh, hit it up in the comments. Um, but if he gets a full-on contract, I think regardless, that's the point. Because we've given out some two ways to Wies Camp and Quindary Weatherspoon in the past. I think mm-hmm. obviously the Spurs are higher on CD and I think you and I would be as well. Um, so I think I would I would say I think he's going to get an actual contract on the team. Um, but I think regardless of that, he'll he'll be in Austin for most of the year this season. He'll absolutely be in Austin for most of the season, barring any major injuries. I think he'll be kind of the third string two, three and four. And yeah. he'll like come in if somebody gets hurt or somebody gets traded or something. He might get mm-hmm. some spot minutes here or there, but I would agree with you wholeheartedly, Jude. But you know what that'll make it easier for us, Ethan? Because he played in the G League last year, it'll be super easy to track his development for sure. this season, you know, and where he's improved because we'll actually have that tape. So shout out to Be Right, trading the picks away, getting two extras and still getting the guy you wanted at 33. But Ethan, there there, there were some other people that the Spurs signed that we're not going to do giant breakdowns on because to be honest, I don't know that much about them. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is two-way, a two-way contract was handed out to Serge Abari Rice, guard from Texas. I watched him in March Madness, and I watched him a couple other times this season. My girlfriend went to UT and is a big UT fan, so I've gone to some games. Um, and he's a sniper. You know, he's an older guy. He's a veteran, um, but a, a really solid 3 and D guy. Um, I think he's, you know, uh, he'll be in Austin mainly, and that'll be great for the Austin Spurs to bring out some more fans as well with that Austin connection. Um, but I just think he's a solid two-way pickup. I think um, he he could be very similar to Champagny, honestly. That's a, probably a very fair co- comparison. Um, surprisingly skilled guy. I've seen all of his pump fake highlights. I think that's mm-hmm. hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit it nail on the head. But my buddy David, who goes to UT, claims that he's much better than anyone's giving him credit for. So maybe he's a diamond in the rough. I don't know. He also could just be looking you know, through orange colored glasses. <laughs> you know, another comparison that that I was thinking of, Ethan, when it came to Serge Jabari, is Jonathan Simmons. That's another one oh. that I could see. And that's somebody who could find their way onto the team. Look at 2017 yeah. Jonathan Simmons. I'm not saying Serge Jabari's career is going to go like that, even though that's really not that bad because 
that would just end with a giant bag from Orlando. But mm-hmm. that's besides the point. Um, I think that just his mix of athleticism and shooting ability um, and intensity is reminiscent of Jonathan Jonathan Simmons a little bit. Um, good two-way pickup. And then also the Spurs picked up Alabama's center from this season. You can tell that I know a lot about him because I don't even know his name. Um, I didn't even know we had him. To but, be and, and I'm pretty sure it's just a summer league and training camp contract. They It was described on Twitter. I can't remember if it was Shams or Woj, but it was like a legit one um, that it was just a one year deal. But from I was talking to one of my friends who's uh, he actually covers basketball and he's a Spurs fan. Um, and he was saying that it's probably just going to be training camp and, and summer league. So there was another uh, guy that we signed as well on an exhibit 10, which that's basically what it means is it's training camp and summer league i'm gonna say what i'm about to say jude just in case one of these guys becomes <laughs> like a Jokic type okay. down the road they're probably not gonna play <laughs> i'm just gonna leave it at that <laughs> i want someone to clip that in 10 years MVPs. <laughs> when serge Jabari rice is like yeah. our sixth man <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> put me in an heb commercial i love it i love it well Ethan, just to wrap up here, uh, you know, this may not be, you may not have like the most in-depth answer here, but how do these selections affect the roster moving forward? Well, Wemby completely alters the timeline. (laughs) So that one, that one pushes things up just a little bit and he's Uh obviously going to be the cornerstone. Um, CD, I think we found ourselves a long-term piece. Um, I'm going to say role player for now. Hopefully, knock on wood, he can make maybe be something more than that. Um, but I think saying that he's going to be a very, very solid role player, reminiscent of Boris Diaw on those championship teams, I think that that's a really um, solid prediction for him and something that I would hope he could aspire to. The other guys, solid pieces, com- competitive dudes. Let's, let's see what happens. You know, the Spurs are notorious for finding right. these two way guys that end up being pretty solid role players in their own right. So good luck to them as well. Yeah, I think it just it just makes more competition, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with depending on, like I said, the conversation about what kind of contract CD gets. That's one less contract for somebody else. You know, that makes Mm -hmm. Julian Champagny, you know, uh, not saying he can't get a spot, but it's going to be a lot tougher. And that's, you know, that's a good thing for the Spurs. And maybe you can still end up having him on a two way because of the CBA um, or just because of the nature of drafting CD Sissoko. So you'd want to put him because he's the better player but at the end of the day it's good because it's more talent but we might have a little bit of heartbreak because of it and i mean it's not like giant heartbreak like you know some of the main guys on the roster but still some of these guys that that we've come to like a lot like we just drafted somebody at champagne and mamu's position now i think mamu's gonna make it but you know like some of those other guys it's just you know things get a little bit dicier um, but another thing that I want to talk about, actually, before we end, though, Ethan, you know, Charles Bassey and Blake Wesley recently, they were at an event to open up a park, you know, and, and a court in San Antonio that was all Spurs themed. Um, and, you know, obviously both of them are under contract, but I've been seeing Blake more a little bit, even in like some graphics that we've been making. Um, you know, what do you think about like, I think I, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going with this. I think Blake might be making a jump. That's kind of the other thing that I was saying because of the Trey Jones news. Um, But also, I just think I think while some guys are in um, limbo, like I said, with Champagne because of this draft, 
and you know they're it just might be a little bit harder for them to make the roster their road won't be as clear as it used to be I think that some of these guys that we might be underestimating like the two guys I just mentioned who are going out to community events and the Spurs are sending them out there because they want them to be you know in the community because they're a part of the Spurs they don't do that with just everybody obviously they did that with Trey a little bit but then they made the announcement right um with these two guys being under contract I think they might be a little bit further ahead than we're giving them credit for. Obviously, Charles had the injury. Blake had a lot of struggles, but we know the potential upside there. What are your kind of thoughts on those two guys and maybe some guys that we're, you know, been down on a little bit this season making some jumps? Because Pop also said in the post-draft press conference, the first thing he said was our guys, and he wanted to emphasize it, have had a great summer. I know we were about to end there, Ethan, but I just remembered this. And I think this yeah. is this is a, a big conversation, you know, just when it comes to the roster. Because there's been a lot of people talking about trading people, you know, and just making all these win-now moves. But it seems like everything coming from the Spurs is that they really like their guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would think holistically everyone's going to have a pretty big jump this season. Uh, because finally, knock on wood, everybody's healthy. And as far as I'm concerned, the whole project tank for whoever's going to be the number one pick next year is not in effect. We have our guy. So there's no reason necessarily to try and lose. So everyone has a full off season. Everyone pretty much knows where they're going to be on the rotation, I would feel like. Uh, So in short, yeah, I I would, I would expect Blake Wesley to, to have a pretty significant jump. He's going to be the backup point guard in my eyes. I don't think we're going to go out and sign anybody other than maybe Trey Jones on whatever offer he gets, just, you know, match Mm -hmm. it. Um, So the expectation will be higher. He will not be given as long of a leash. So I would hope that he's been working on his game, watching some films and trying to minimize the mistakes that he's made because he has the talent and he's shown that he's capable of get, you know, being a very, very talented player. Um, it's just those small mistakes, you know, let it being too loose with his ball, uh, you know, throwing the ball away, yep. ill-advised passes, bad rotations, those little things that pile up, pile up, pile up until now all of a sudden people are saying that he's a bust or right. know, pulling him too quick. So uh, I would hope he's kind of corrected some of those things. And this season we can get a true full sample size on what he can do in the NBA. And the same goes for everybody, I think, across the board. Devin will probably have a career year. I would think Keldon would probably stay around the same where he is, um, just being that we have Webby coming into. He's right. going to get some more touches. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my answer. I know that was a long-winded way of saying that. I was kind of trying to think of how to describe what I was thinking there, but you, I think I think you got it there. So thank appreciate you. you encapsulating that, Ethan. Anyways, thank you all for hanging out with us. Tell us your thoughts on the draft below. Tell us what you think about Victor Wembanyama and C.D. Sissoko becoming San Antonio Spurs. And also tell us your favorite Coyote moments from the Riverwalk. Mine was him on the jet ski. I know I mentioned it again, but I had to mention it once more because it was so great. If you enjoyed today's content, don't forget to hit that like button and the subscribe button below. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter as well, at SSPN on YT, at Jude McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero. We appreciate you guys. We'll catch you all in the next one. Go Spurs, go.